What's up, everyone? If you were wondering how I've done this podcast, it's based off the Anchor. All you have to do is unload the Anchor app. And even better, guys, it's free. You could also possibly be getting paid to do this. I mean, all you got to do is just download the app. Speak your mind. If you ever dreamed of making a podcast or just anything, let your voice be heard. You can also be known on Spotify, Apple, or anything download. Just go on the Anchor app. I've been trying to make tomorrow today. No dollars for the plate, so I was making them pay. Johnny Cash in the stash as I'm walking the line. But I never got ahead, it was all in my mind. Falling behind, I couldn't even look at the time. I seen everything coming, couldn't say I was blind. Couldn't lead with my hands, I was numb to the touch. Couldn't lean on my homies, had to limp, no crutch. On my own, I would roam just by and by. Trying to keep myself protected, so I tote that fire. Light blunts back to back, that's how. High and high until I had to ask myself, Am I living a lie? Am I living to die? Well, I'm willing to try something new, cause I'm through with just coming up dry. And right then is where I finally listened to your plan and understood why it's four footprints in the sand. And I'm Feeling like I'm on point Trying to pin my own destiny While I avoid any resolution Of me needing to wait To first be prepared Feels like I'm speeding in place In a hurry But am I covering no ground? Am I going nowhere fast? Do I need to slow down? I know it's cold out But I refuse to sit inside and get froze out You know what they say about a closed mouth And I'm trying to eat Ain't a competition thing Cause I'm trying to speak What they afraid to say without being vague With my heart on my sleeve, put my life on this page Behave, what they telling me I cooperate with God as he makes it better me More refined, thankful for the process of being mortified Old self prepared for burial as the new me comes alive What's up everyone? This is Buzzin' with Marlo. This is Warren Marlo. I hope everyone is having a good day. I understand we are going through some crazy times. Quarantine is done and now we just experienced a curfew as of yesterday. My point of view on this, and I know it's going to hurt some people. Everybody's going to sit here and tell me a white guy should not be telling us how this is gone. I get it. I've heard reasons of it. I've heard points of it and stuff like that and i agree on some things sometimes you feel like actions have to speak more louder to get somebody's attention and obviously this has been going on for so long i have seen it personally 
with some of my friends. I've seen it personally in experiences on stuff. But do I have the knowledge and stuff to actually sit here and say, I've seen every single thing of it? Do I see everything going, okay, do I see a conclusion to this? And honestly, I don't. But rioting, I believe, is not the answer. Like I am saying, um, like I said in my Facebook or whatever, two wrongs doesn't make a right. I am not a political person. And I'm telling you right now, shame on the government and shame on the media that are promoting this stuff or instigating this stuff. This is kind of like high school right now. You have two people that probably have a beef or something and doesn't see eye to eye, don't agree to something. And, but you have that one person that's sitting there going, oh, you ain't going to hit him. Oh, you're not going to do this. That's where this is starting to come out as. I get it. And I've said it on my Facebook post. If y'all want to see it, go on Warren Marlow on Facebook. I am not hard to find. I'm going to tell you this right now. I was one of those guys that was against Colin Kaepernick kneeling. I was against one against everything because I'm a son of a veteran. I am a brother of of a veteran. I am a grandson of a veteran from Army, Air Force, and Navy. So, yes, it upset me at first, but my own brother that served this country, that fought his life for this great nation, fought for our freedom, fought for everything that we believe in and stand for, he even explained to me why the reason of Colin Nealon. And yes, at that time, I believed he was doing it to get attention. If it's not, I apologize. I'm sure a lot of people have not said that. I apologize. But this right now, like I'm saying, two wrongs doesn't make a right. Yes, Colin might have been doing something to prevent this, to make an initiative to get focus on this. And obviously, we see more negatives in it. And I apologize to everyone about that. But like I said, two wrongs don't make a right. You've got the attention. Now it's time to say it with words. Now it's time to sh make a difference in this. Attacking cops because of bad cops. It's not fully the answer. Attacking cops that are really putting their life on the line and are really trying to make a difference in our world, in our country, our community, our cities, is not the answer. I'm sorry. We all apologize. We've seen videos of sheriffs sitting here telling us they don't condone of what cops have done in the past. The stuff that happened to Arbery, Ahmed Arbery, I was disgusted. You even saw me post something about it because I've been inside that area of Georgia. I've realized there has been KKK members outside of that area in Georgia. So when that happened, that ignited me. That frustrated me. And it wasn't because of someone just killing a black man. It made me realize of what could have happened to anyone. If you lose a son, a brother, a cousin, a uncle, a best friend, it didn't matter. It hurt. And yes, a lot of us don't understand why people are doing what they're doing. 
but you keep taking, it's like a human punching bag, and you just keep punching and punching and punching until there's no more feeling, no more right to actually make an action. And then it's just like, you know what? I don't give a damn what's going to happen. I'm done. And I feel like that's what it's come to. And honestly, I believe we need to change the system. We need to change the court matter. We need to change our judicial matter. And we need to choose and not use the labels blacks, Asians, or anything. No ethnicity. Just American and people. That's what I believe. And that's where I'm going to close it on, on that. Now, back to a better and positive subject. Y'all just heard the song from Cali Cold, Sonny. And why I mentioned that guy's name and why his song came out, because that's going to be my guest today. Callie Cole works for iHeartRadio. He is a resident inside of the Georgia area. Not far Georgia. I think over in Maryland, Bradley Brunswick type Georgia. But I've known Callie Cole for a long time. I consider this guy a brother to me. We have went way back. I met him when I, I think I was in high school and, uh, I played basketball when I was playing basketball. I used to go play over in the Camden area a lot, and I met Callie there. And of course, I used to do pickup games out here in Yulee, out in Yulee, over in all the Nassau County areas, and even Jacksonville. I used to play basketball. <laughs> you can name anywhere in these areas. So, uh, me and Callie have been real close since then. Obviously, Callie's a little bit older than me, but you know what? Hey, friends don't matter. Age is just a number. Whatever. And I'm so excited to have Callie Cold today. Um, as y'all saw in my post on Facebook, so I had a couple of visit, uh, guests that I was sat here and mentioned that we we're going to be recording. Well, some difficulties happened. Uh, we will fix them, and we'll get those episodes posted when I get those done with my brother and my friend Sidney Smith. So don't don't worry; those will happen. I mean, it's just been some technical difficulties and stuff, and obviously some stuff has been in the works that has made it a little bit of a harder time to get. But I'm very glad to do this episode with Callie Cole today. Um, I consider, I, and honestly, I just consider him as a really great friend. Uh, Callie's always had my back, and we've always had good things. Callie supported me in my wrestling thing. Hell, he even gave me a good shout-out on radio about my wrestling career. And it's, and I believe somewhat it might have helped me in, my, in the Georgia area for people to know who I was and stuff. And Callie always helped promote my character, helped promote the events that I was running. Um, even almost endorsed one of the events that I was going to be at. So I'm looking so forward to catching up with Callie Cold. Like I said, I do this podcast. Here's my reason for the podcast. Everybody asks me why I do this. I do it to either motivate you or bring out the best out of you. And the reason why I do these podcasts is also to catch up with friends and just just to prove there's positives in, in life, in general. And I know it's hard times to look at it. If you go on my Facebook, today is one of the hardest days for me. Um, when we sit here and say, you're not good enough regardless what label you are, whatever, I experienced that five years ago. Um, like uh, y'all seen in my past episodes when I talked about my lowest lows in my life with my friend Macy. He has experienced it. Some of my friends, Jeremy Deberry experienced it. Um, it was not the best time. So, I mean, 
it's really hard when someone sits here and says, regardless of how great of a person you are, you're still not worthy enough. You're still not what we look for. And I feel like that's what's ignited some of this stuff also. And obviously, who am I to say anything? I'm sure everyone, I'm sure someone's going to have a point of view even on this episode is going, what gives you the right to sit here and say what you need to say? What, what makes you better than anyone else? And it doesn't. But I believe it needs to be said. It needs to be thought of. And in reality, it might help in the long run. I don't know. We'll see. But when we come back, we will talk to my friend Callie Cole. Thank y'all. All right. I'm on, bro. I'm here with Callie Cole. How's it going, bro? Hey, man, I'm blessed, man. I'm excited. So excited to be on the podcast. How you doing? Good. I'm glad to see the mic is working. <laughs> yeah, it, t- it took a while. You know, I'm like a grandpa, man. On one end, I'm, I'm like all in the computers and, and in the technology. And on the other end, I'm like a granddad who doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> Bro, same thing. <laughs> I think that's why my wrestling career went a little bit slowly as much because I was terrible on social media. <laughs> terrible trying to promote Man. like I was sitting there I was like I was trying to post pictures of my character and apparently mm-hmm. I was just putting them in the story instead of actually putting them on the profile for people to actually like it and obviously get those you know the comments and stuff to get your name out there more but I was literally put them in my stories and they're like you have no photos of yourself and I was like oh okay my bad <laughs> like I didn't know but how are you doing man Hey man, I'm I'm blessed, man. I'm I'm happy to be alive. I'm happy to be uh still around, and you know, and I'm I'm enjoying getting older, man. That's it. That that's that's what it is. Taking it a day at a time. Yeah, you at work right now? Yeah, yeah. So how long is how long have you been working for iHeartRadio? Uh, I probably been here uh since October 2012. So like I'm going on eight years. Um. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man, I, I really kind of uh, stumbled into it, man, you know, by the grace of God, you know, like, I, I always have been doing music, always rapping, um, and oh, I kind yeah. I first, initially, I just wanted to get my music played on the radio, and so, mm-hmm. coming up to different radio stations, I was going to the one in Jacksonville, which actually, the, uh, I heard it already owned, they were formerly as, known as Clear Channel, but the radio station that I got hired at was on Quantum Communications, which was a small radio company, like a mom and pop company. And uh, I came on in 2012. And, uh, you know, I just did everything, carried crates and carried speakers and set up remotes and, you know, did everything. That's what it means. Right, right. That's what it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Just everything everybody didn't want to do, I went ahead and, and did it. And um, that was in two, from 2012 to 2015. And then in 2015, we actually got bought by Clear Channel. And Clear Channel had the iHeartRadio app, and they actually just turned the whole company into iHeartRadio. So it was oh, kind wow. of phenomenal. So I, I really, I've been in radio eight years, and I've been working for iHeartRadio for five. Dang, bro, that's crazy. I, I mean, obviously, that's doing good for you. Like, hey. I'm so glad for you because I remember when we used to work at Omni, and I, I yeah. can't remember how long you used to work there. But yeah. if I'm totally sure, 
I may have been dropped on my head a couple of times. So the time that we actually ran into each other, I think we were playing basketball somewhere. I'm not totally sure. Yeah, yeah. We remember we used to play ball at uh, Northampton. That's right. Yeah, I was trying to figure out if I played you in Georgia and stuff. I, I was trying to remember. Like, I was like, I know for a fact. Like, I kept thinking, like, okay, where did I really meet Cali? Like. Yeah. I've known this guy forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. We used to play. That's the guy. That got to be like 07, 08, 06. Yeah. Uh, just playing basketball, man. I, I miss them days, man. I was in shape. I was in real shape. Uh, just running up and down. And we played like five, six games. I don't think I could last five, six games anymore. <laughs> bro, I try, to, I try to shoot the ball. I mean, you, you know my history. I used to be able to know where the hell it's going. Now right. it's like. I throw the ball up. I don't know if it's even going to hit the rim. <laughs> it blows my mind because, I mean, I eat, sleep, and live basketball right. around my middle school all the way to high school years. And right. Maybe a little bit out of high school, too, when I went to try to play college ball and stuff. But right, right. I haven't played an actual game in so long, so it's it's crazy. But it's amazing how one sport and just anything in general actually brings somebody together and actually – like helps of friendship and a bond and obviously basketball did great things for you and me both because you were a hell of a player it was hard to guard you at times <laughs> and obviously you made sure I had to learn how to start dribbling because all I was known for was a set shooter like yeah. I was just line up the three line don't leave me open type scenario yeah. so <laughs> hey, that so, shot bust, that shot done busted my tail sometimes though. I know that. You you done got <laughs> well, hey, don't I ain't gonna sit here and let you cap. You done got on there busting me with that shot. <laughs> bruh, <laughs> people don't realize how good I was back then. Everybody's like, Oh man, you say you might have been good, but I was like, dude, I've I've had people that would speak on my behalf. Like I yeah. was known to shoot, like yeah, I wasn't yeah. mainly known to play defense and all the other stuff, but I gave it my all, and I was the shooter. And that's maybe one reason why college didn't last long for me either, because it was like, you're not playing shooting guard. Like, you're no. only 5'8", and no offense, probably can't even touch the, the rim on a good day if you really wanted to. So, <laughs> point guard it is, and I my ball handling stuff was just a little out of whack. But, I mean, it was – it was a great experience. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. And you know, I, I just it, – it's amazing how sometimes you think it'll be like that forever, you know, because uh, when, when we used to play, I was excited because I hadn't really played a lot of ball since high school or whatever. But mm-hmm. I just like the intensity, you know, everybody going out there. And, you know, it, it's, it, it's those days when it might only be like eight people there and you got to play four on four. Those days are all right. But, man, them days when we had, like, 25 people at Northampton and you don't want to lose, mm-hmm. you don't want to be out, man, them the best days ever, man. It's like um, I tried to – It was like a packed crowd just watching pickup games. It was crazy. Right. Like, we used right. to like, – Right, right, right. I remember on Sundays, there used to be, like, almost 30 people on that court. And, right. I mean, it. winners stay on and losers go. And, I mean, <laughs> you wanted to win because you knew it was going to be a long time to play again. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, you'll be waiting. Hey, you'll be waiting all day, man, and, and you'll be ready to go home if you lose. So that's uh, that's like that intensity and, and that love for the game, and that's that's kind of try to uh, what I try to bring to like radio. 
is, uh, you know, as much, as long as I could, I could bring that intensity and, and take it serious and learn what I need to learn and face challenges. You know, that's one thing that playing sports uh, gave me. Like, you know, you, you might have a guy that you can't guard and, you know, he's shooting in your face or he's taking you to the hoop or maybe he's backing you in. You got to learn how to adjust and you got to be able to come yeah. back so you can stay in the game, stay on the court. And so that's what I kind of deal with radio. I didn't, you know, I didn't go to school for radio, but the thing was, if I got around guys who knew what they was doing, I watched what they were doing. And in times that I failed, I just came back and, and, and took my, my aggravation out and my frustration out on learning and say, hey, let me learn how to do this. You know, if somebody tells me, oh, you can't do this because you don't have this, and I got to go out and get that. I have to learn that. I have to, you know, it came to a point to where I just wanted to be on the radio. And I was like, okay, so how am I going to get on the radio? But at the same time, I had to go through the, the, the levels of learning, going out to the tower site and learning what the antenna actually does. You know, learning how to break down a soundboard, learning how to build a live remote broadcast. All that stuff helps you to when you get to the point that you are on the radio and you do have a show that you know what's going on and you're not somebody who's just a fly-by-night talker. You're somebody who really knows what the business is, even down to the sales side, you know? Oh, yeah. I got to know, do you get nervous on the radio at times? Um, You know, the, the thing that, that helps me, uh, uh, you know, get, I guess, get into it and feel comfortable is I kind of do it like we're talking right now. I kind of try to uh, uh, view who the listener is. Like, we are target radio stations. I'm on this uh, station, Hallelujah 963. They play gospel. They're in Brunswick. Um, so I'm mostly mm-hmm. talking to black women the age of 25 to 54. So I have to talk about things that they're talking about, uh, what they're interested in, uh, the artists on that station, uh, lifestyle, things that are affecting them. And I do that show from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. weekdays. Then uh, on on um, uh, 103Q, 103.3, which is like a pop station, they play Katy Perry, Taylor Swift. It's more like a okay. soccer mom station. And I'm on that station from, yeah, from 2 p.m. to 7 p.m. And so you get more pop stuff, more, you know, event stuff about what the kids are doing. And you can do that on both stations, but, you know, the soccer mom feel is kind of a little bit more upbeat. It's kind of a little bit more trendy. Uh, you know, you're talking about Bruno Mars and Pink and all those people. Mm-hmm. And I think about them when I'm talking to them. And so a lot of times, like, it, when, when I'm on 103Q, like, uh, as, as far as when, when I'm doing 963, which is the gospel station, I kind of talk like I'm talking to my aunties and my grandma mm-hmm. and one of my cousins. When I'm on 103Q, I kind of talk to people like I'm their cool friend, like I'm letting them know what's going on. Sometimes I might drop a word that only their kids are using, and then mm-hmm. I, I throw it in there and teach them what it means so they can turn around and, and say something to their kids, and their kids go, like, oh, mom, how you learn that? You learn it from me. So it's it's a way of visualizing who you're talking to. You'll never go wrong if you know who you're talking to. It's about understand what the audience is. And I mean, obviously, right. for the audience right. to be able to relate to stuff. And, bro, mm-hmm. I, I got to know, do you still do the music? I actually heard you on the radio a couple of times. <laughs> I remember I, yeah. and that song that you sent me, bro, it was really good. I'm not even going to lie. Like, it was really good. 
Man, you know, you know, uh, my homeboys still get me to try to record a lot, and I haven't actually. I haven't recorded a song in a year. I recorded last year, but um, really? even, yeah, and even before that, I I took a hiatus. I was recording heavy from 20, 2014 to twenty sixteen. I did like so many songs, and then I, I ended remember up- you gave me a demo. I remember I actually ran into you maybe like four years ago or whatever. I right. think just before I moved to Jacksonville, and right. you gave me a demo, and I and I was listening to that thing for a while. And I was yeah. like, man, this guy's gonna make it. Man, and, and you That's know, what you, you know what it is. I appreciate that, man. It's just sometimes you get stuck in in a in a creative slump when you're not going forward because it's it's harder mm-hmm. saying uh, even just being in in Nassau County or Jacksonville, it's harder yeah. to say it is in Atlanta or Miami. There's not like a lot of resources for rappers yeah. or just musicians. Period. So you have to kind of have time that's totally dedicated to it. And so in the time of me needing videographers and needing uh, 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 more producers and needing uh, uh, just more uh, managers and people working on my behalf to get me shows and stuff like that, I kind of was getting wore out because I was trying to learn right oh, yeah. at the same time. So I kind of had to get to a point to where I was saying, okay, what, what means more to me? I love making music, but then it's like, I'm making more money doing radio and I'm learning and I'm moving up. I probably need to continue to contribute to radio. In a way, it's like I'm still doing music. I'm not creating it, but I'm still a part of the music industry. But um, I think I just was getting wore out. And sometimes when you get wore out, you start to get creatively tired. It's like you, you feel like, oh, man, I, I, I passed out all my CDs. Certain people aren't supporting me. I did this. You know, nobody's posting my music. So it, it could wear you out. And there were people who oh, yeah. were supporting me, but it just wasn't enough to where, you know, after, I want to say I was rapping for like 10 years, you know, as far as putting albums out and doing shows. And when you get to that point, it's kind of like you get to a point where if it's not giving you any money, no monetary gain, you know, you're not making any financial gain, it gets harder to support that as life goes on. You know, I have a daughter. She's eight years old and taking care of her. Oh, man, I saw the picture. She is beautiful. Oh, thank you. I remember seeing her. She was like two, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's crazy. I got two kids now, so, I mean, they really You got your hand hand full. (laughs) You ain't lying, bro. Like, you remember me. Like, I didn't really even want kids for the longest because I was just like, I was so focused on basketball. Right. Right. The biggest thing about me with sports was I put my heart into everything I did. I right. put my heart into right. basketball. I put my heart into football. I even tried to do the arena. Obviously, that didn't work. Mm-hmm. And I put my all-time all in, in wrestling. And what you explained about, about rap music was the same thing that I dealt with in wrestling. Right. I mean, you can only do so much. And I mean, when you get told, okay, obviously, when you do this, you always want to look at the bigger picture. So say like as a rap star, you want to be getting that rap nominee, Grammy, and everything else, be on MTV, being on BET, getting all those recognitions that you're putting all your damn heart in. And I felt the same way with wrestling. Like I put my all into it. I promoted everything I could. I busted my butt in the ring. Mm -hmm. There were six months before I even had my first match because I paid my dues. I rest a couple of my shows that I almost lost my job at sometimes 
because mm-hmm. I had to tell him, like, hey, I'm going to perform in this show. And then find yeah. out I'm being a referee or security. So you literally, <laughs> like, you spoke for, like, my wrestling career on so much because I just got so burnt out. And, bro, you don't Man. know how many people ask me nonstop, like, are you going to come back? Are you going to do this? I'm like, dude, I just don't know if I could do it anymore. Like, I kind of lost the passion to it. But like how you're saying the radio and you were getting paid more doing that, that's kind of like how I was with my job. Right. My job was actually to cover my insurance and everything else. Like, (laughs) wrestling is a very hard subject to live through. (laughs) Right. Right, bro. It's it's that that showbiz grind, you know. It's it's yeah, really man. just like it's really just like trying to get in the music business because it's like you could put on your own matches, you could do this, you could do that. You have to gain your support. You could popularize popularize your way into the big wrestling league, but oh, yeah. it takes time, and you have to have dedication. You got to have time to go out and do it. And the thing that's different. As you get you have older, to stand out compared to everyone else. Right. That's the biggest thing that people have that I think that's another reason why people just don't try to take that next step to be whatever they want to be, is because you have to find something that only goes for you. Right. Like my character, I was USA, everything. Yeah, I could have been that typical guy that was like, raise your flags up, do what you need to do. But I wanted that. When I brought my character, when I had the gloves, that symbolized me as a different character because mm-hmm. obviously you watch all these old wrestlers, Hogan and all of them, yeah. they were bringing flags. They were bringing out just the typical stuff. I wanted something different. And right. then, of course, everybody would pick out, oh, you're wearing a mask and everything. I just had a terrible idea of showing emotion. I could get beat up and sit here and have a smile on my face. So good thing I had a mask on. Or you've just been sitting there like, what the hell is wrong with this kid? So <laughs> like it's crazy. Like, but I mean it's just you have to be so different compared to everyone else. And I know in rap, I know it had to be a hard subject because you had to book yourself in small little areas that right. you knew for a fact you probably weren't gonna get paid that much. And right. you could have probably been the reason why they had to sell out in that bar or in that club and they just be like, eh, here you go. I think you deserve this a little bit because we just need to cover everything else. And and it's crazy how rap, I mean, your, your career with music kind of got you into the radio biz because right. that's how I feel like with this podcast. Like I feel like mm-hmm. a bit of wrestling is still in me for mm-hmm. this scenario. And obviously with the quarantine and everything, it, I believe because obviously all my brothers and stuff that have been in the ring and stuff, they just haven't been able to have shows. They haven't mm-hmm. been able to do anything. Right. And now, I feel like this would be a way for everyone to get their stuff promoted. A little plug-in, what we like to call it nowadays. Right. You know, I, I try to try to put a little catchy uh, new kids on the block type scenario on there. <laughs> try to make it feel like I'm not too old. Which I'm only 29 now, but still. Right. <laughs> hey, hey, you got you got four years on me. I'm 33, bro. That's what I thought. I was like, I knew he wasn't that far further from me. Yeah. I mean, it was just hey, oh, but hey, but at least that side where you say the soccer mom gig, at least that makes you feel like a little bit younger than, right. than what you feel like when you do the gospel, and you're like, oh man, I can relate a lot to this. Like, 
Oh right. man, now I feel really old. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so you got two peas in the pod in that. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I get to be I, I get to be an old man on the gospel station and I get to be a little bit younger, but still like a parent type on the uh, on the um, pop station. And what's the trip is though, um what I like about it is, is I, I could do this gig for 30 years because I'm always gonna oh, be yeah. in those age groups. So it's it's kind of funny, you know. Even you talking about wrestling, I bet you can't guess who my favorite wrestler was growing up. Uh, let's see. I've gotten the typical Ultimate Warrior, Goldberg. <laughs> Don't uh, I'm, typical. I'm typical, bro. Ultimate Warrior is my favorite wrestler. <laughs> I was here going between Ultimate Warrior or maybe Macho Man because I could see those two characters yeah. for you point blank. And maybe, obviously, in WCW, I'd say Booker T because you remind me so much of him in so many ways. But, hey, Booker T, Booker T was definitely my boy. And, and, and I, I would have to say, I, I feel like Booker T and The Rock later, and, and, and I used to like Sting, too. I used to like Sting, too. But my favorite, my favorite of all time, I, I used to run. When I was little, I ran to go watch Ultimate Warrior. Like, Something about yeah. him was just like he had that, he had the flash, he had the style, and he didn't do a lot of talking either. Ultimate Warrior oh, yeah. came out there and he just had these like big arms, like the dude was like, yo, well, like he was that. ginormous. I mean, he, he was ignor- enormous. I, I honestly believe, like, honestly, if you want to compare him and Hulk Hogan, Hogan was the showman guy, right? The Ultimate Warrior was the product, Man. and obviously, I feel like he was old. He was Hulk Hogan if Hulk Hogan had ads and stuff. Right. Like, literally, that's how Warrior, I think, stands yeah. out compared to Hogan. Yeah. And, I mean, I love how you say that because my favorite wrestler, I want you to guess it. I don't think you could get it. Like, <gasps> it's so far from my character. Hmm. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me guess. Um, let me, I'm going to just throw something out. Chris Benoit. I mean, wrestling wise, yeah, I liked him, but obviously The Rock, like that was my guy. Hey, you know, the Rock was my all time guy, dude. He's taking so much of my money every other pay period, probably for the Project Rock gear, the tequila. I don't even drink tequila, and that's what I wanted, just because it's his. Like, but the Rock, the Rock, he literally is. Him, him, and Ric Flair are the funniest of all time. They're the funniest. If they oh, yeah. if they got the mic, it's over. You're gonna be laughing. He literally picked up where Ric Flair had left off. Like literally, The Rock was there. Oh yeah. And and The Rock, remember how dramatic he was? Like every have you ever watched that video of all the uh, times he got Stone Cold stunned? Oh yeah. And, oh yeah. For him to say how many times he got a flop is how many is uh, Austin would buy him a beer. That, that was perfect. Like, I, I tried that, like, believe it or not, because I had a friend. He's a huge Stone Cold fan. And he he was wrestling with me, and um, and I used to train with this guy a lot. Like, he was the top guy in the brand and everything. And obviously, I wanted to be that next guy. Mm-hmm. So he did the Stone Cold Stunner, and I kept asking him. I was like, bro, I want to do the Stunner. I want you to do the Stunner to me. And you don't realize how hard it is to sell that shit. Like literally where they're landing on their ass and you're just taking it. 
So literally, I was thinking like, you know what? I'm going to flop on this. I kid you not. I went from the middle of the ring. I almost flopped out of the ring because I just could not stop because I kept tumbling nonstop. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I give a rock prop on that because I cannot do that. <laughs> it's crazy. I, I'm, I've literally seen him do one where Stone Cold like laid out and, and he, he took him down and the rock like got up and then like flipped two times. It was crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I mean, he took the stunner better than anybody. Yeah. I think the funniest stunner was probably Vince McMahon. Like where Vince oh, yeah. would take it, he would drop down and he's damn near having a seizure shaking all the time. I thought that was the funniest thing yeah. I've ever seen. Vince McMahon so, I mean, comedy, bro, because he's like he was like the ultimate jerk. Anything he's the only guy who You looked- hated him. You just hated him. Like he was the ultimate wrestling heel. Like everyone will sit here, like obviously wrestling is not what everybody wants wrestling nowadays. Like when they sit here and say the greatest wrestling era, obviously, is the attitude era. But in my opinion, as a wrestling standpoint, obviously the eighties and stuff, they weren't really the most fundamental wrestling guys. Like, dude, right. I wish I could have had that lifestyle. They were winning matches with a schoolboy. I was watching a WrestleMania, I think it was WrestleMania six. And when you watch Steamboat and them go for damn near an hour and then you watch Sergeant Slaughter, and I think, I think it was maybe Backlund or whatever, and the yeah. dude went three minutes with a schoolboy. I was <laughs> like, man, you know how much longevity in wrestling I would have if I could have done that. <laughs> oh, okay. like, I believe wrestling now has changed so much because of the pace and just the. I feel like it's more spotty. I feel like everyone's got to do like their part in a theatric like. Everything has to be like a play. And that's the biggest problem. I feel like that's why wrestling gets to what they are. And obviously wrestling is just at that point now to where it's not going to go back to what the 80s were. Obviously that five-minute schoolboy, which I was just blown away. because, And you just see the fans at that time. It's just like, oh, my gosh, that was the coolest thing ever. And I'm like, man. That's a struggle for me. <laughs> you uh, try to win a match with a schoolboy. The fans are booing your ass out of the building. <laughs> okay, so tell me, who's your, who's your favorite tag team of all time? My favorite tag team? Yeah. It's got to be. It's got to be maybe Rock and Roll Express. <laughs> I mean, just. Okay. I actually got to see them at a show, and, bro, like, they can still go. They still, like, they still believe it. it or not, they still wrestle. They still wrestle on the Indies. Yeah. And, I mean, I mean, they're still doing their drop kick and arm drags and stuff. And, I mean, those are the guys – I mean, the guys I watched to do my wrestling character was Tim Horner and Brad Armstrong. Wow. And a lot of people would be like, who are those? And, in my opinion, they were probably – wrestling standpoint-wise, I learned – when I started wrestling, I learned that obviously the guys that we called the jobbers, the guys that never won matches, All right. I realized that they are the guys that you really wanted to watch right. to become a wrestler. Mm. And wow. I learned a lot when I started watching, when I wrestled, because obviously I was a big rock fan. Right. And Slash Orton and John Cena type scenario. Yeah. And then when I go to be in a wrestling, they go, hey, how do you feel about being in a match? And I'm sitting there like, what? 
<laughs> like a mask. I'm not doing all that flippy dippy and all that other stuff. Which, in the longer run, I did, but at the time, I was like, it took me out of my comfort zone. And like how you say about being in Nassau County is just for one thing. Yeah. Obviously, for my wrestling career, if it needed to get off the ground or whatever, I had to go around places to get known somewhere. And I feel like that's what burned me out more than anything because it was just like I'd have certain crowds like at Lake City blown mm-hmm. up and be like, oh, my character. I could go to Georgia and obviously when all the democracy and everything about America was having problems, I'm getting booed out of the building in Georgia thinking I was going to be the top baby face. <laughs> like, like it was just like I don't know what to do to please fans. <laughs> and you and you was just caught up in in, 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 a, in the wrong time, bro. The wrong time. And you know what? Though? No, the worst part. The worst part is you know my mask. Like uh-huh. honestly, it looks like Deadpool type scenario. Yeah, Deadpool's never had a red, white, and blue mask. And mm. I and the only mask I could ever find was either that or obviously the guy that. I mean, what Don Wilkes won for the Patriots. Right. So I could never find type of like an American flag mask. And I sat there and was like, you know what? I like the fig. Like, you could never tell who I was because it has my eyes covered. And yeah. I mean, whatever. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times at a show, bro, I had people ask me, am I Ryan Reynolds? Am I Finn Balor? Um, can I please take my mask off to see if my face is as good as my abs? Like, it was the funniest thing on some of these things, like, I would get. Like, it was crazy. Like, it, it blew my mind on some things. Like, it was just like, and then obviously when I promoted on some things, they're like, um, does Marvel know you have this? I was like, yeah, I paid $50 oh, to get this license to have this mask. Exactly. Like, come on. <laughs> like, it was crazy. Like, and obviously Deadpool just all of a sudden had to freaking promote after my first year of wrestling. Everybody's like, because at first when I did it, obviously Deadpool was just in the works. So right. obviously I got the the USA Power Ranger or the USA Spider-Man, which right. <laughs> those were the most two common ones I ever got. And then right. obviously when Deadpool came out, that just killed my character. Golly, golly. I used to joke around going, yeah, Deadpool's my bad, evil brother. <laughs> so, I mean, but I mean, you got to tell me, so what What are some, like, positive things that you say on your radio station? Um, one, one thing I always try to do is um, try to encourage people um, to continue, you know, to push on. You know, I always do a sign-off. Uh, one, one of my uh, sign-offs that I do on both my shows well, on the, on the gospel station, I usually sign off with like a scripture. I do like a uh, 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 daily word, and so I go to a scripture yeah. and kind of like you know encourage people because the the biggest thing in doing radio, you know, you always taught that you're somebody's friend. You know, when people listen to you and they take out the time to listen to you and support you, or they even care what you're saying, um, it's always good to be able to connect with them. So in being a friend. It's not just me telling them about his product or making them laugh. It's also encouraging them. So uh, I sign off on, on 103Q is a little bit different. It's a pop station. But um, I, I tell people, you know, don't don't ever underestimate, you know, how much God loves you or, or what God can do for you. You know, keep praying, keep pushing, and, and keep going forward. And, and, and it's like 
my thing that that I've learned in my life. You know, I don't have all the answers to everything. You're gonna uh, you're gonna have problems. You're gonna have bumps in the road. But if you keep praying, you keep pushing, and you just keep trusting God. You know, trusting your 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 drive, trusting uh, uh, your motivation, trusting. Uh, uh, the reason why you do things, whatever is fueling you, then you should get to where you need to be. But it's it's easier said than done, you know. But oh, yeah. just hearing that, you know, because for whatever period, you know, you could think about your life ten years ago, and you're like, man, how did I make it to this point? I think about my life ten years ago. It's like, how did I make it to this point? But the key is, you know, you just didn't quit. And so when you don't quit, if I could in 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 impart that into somebody, then, you know, that, that's, that's what'll help them out. Cause if that's as much as cliche as it sounds for you to tell somebody don't quit, you know, that doesn't, that, that, that is not something that you're just saying. It really means something. And people have to know when you say don't quit, it doesn't mean that, you know, you might not have to switch careers. It doesn't mean that you might not have to uh, change direction or go back to school or do this, or start, you know, you, you never know, starting over is not quitting and giving up, because you're still driving, you're, uh, you're still driving towards being successful, so that's what I want people to know, you know, don't quit doesn't mean keep doing the same thing for 20 years, and it's not working either, don't quit just means don't give up, keep your spirit, smile, you know, even if you lost your job, and now you got to go work at McDonald's, you know what? Don't quit. Get up and go. Get up and go. Save your money and do what you got to do till you land back in the career or job you want. You know, that's just what it's about. I agree. I mean, people got to realize you don't get handed anything. And right, 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 right. Right. You took that step to, for when you started doing music and from me doing wrestling, you don't get there. You don't get a championship or you don't get an award not right. doing anything. Half-assing stuff. And I mean, I used to say a lot of things about how my father used to be to me, but one thing he did put in my brain, you have to work hard to do anything. And I think that's that's also what school had to bring in. I mean, obviously, we believe in school, like, oh, what what are we learning on this type of But it also teaches you, obviously, to say like a homework assignment. And if you didn't Mm -hmm. understand it at first, you go ask about it, it may give you a little bit of knowledge. And I feel like yeah. that's one thing about life. People don't realize what school importance is for anyone in life. Like, say like that teacher. That teacher just gave you a little bit of knowledge. You might not know everything, but now you know a little bit. And I feel yeah. like that's one philosophy with life in general. No one's ever going to yeah. have the answers to everything. And I remember right. a long time ago, I think it was about four years ago, when I was going through all my issues with my kids, my my kid's mom and me at that time, you sent me messages with Bible scripture saying, bro, read this. And like, right. it helped right. me. And that's one reason why me and you came so close because it was, it would just touch me to like realize like, wow, I do have friends that really care. And obviously I was very young at the time. So it's like, right. obviously I don't know what, as much as I, that I, that I want to. Like, honestly, say, like, life scenarios. Life gives you life gives you ups and downs in life, but it's a matter of how you take them. Like, exactly. I don't know if you read my post on Facebook, but this day to this day, five years ago, I was told I'm not worthy enough to be a full-time dad. 
And whoa, it was whoa. not the easiest thing to deal with in life. I mean, right. when you go to right. court after realizing that your that your kid's mom that you gave your life to for five years, and regardless right. of what happened and everything else, you brought a kid in this world together. Obviously, with him right. special right. needs and stuff, it brought more uh, brought more issues in life going on. Obviously, with autistic, right. he was not able to walk until he was like five almost, and and when she mm-hmm. took him like basically a year away from me. And when we went in this courtroom, and obviously I'm thinking, I've done it. Like, I'm doing, I should not lose this case. Like, I literally, have, I'm a good person. Like, I have my own place. I've been at a job for a while, a good paying job. Like, I've never been in and out of a job, never been fired. Um, right. I'm a good person. I've never been arrested. I've never done drugs. I've never done anything. I might have done a speeding ticket in high school, right. and obviously, issues on that but whatever but mm-hmm. i've never been at that part for them to go you're not good enough and then when that right. judge sat there and told me you are a great father but guess what you are not a full-time parent to your son after i've wow. been gone with him for a year and stuff and i'm not gonna lie bro it took me a long time to actually realize that i had a meaning that i had purpose in him mm-hmm. because when someone tells you something at that time, I, I just believed like for the longest time, I believe, okay, that just means you got to make it harder work and you got to put more work into it and find another game plan. Um, at that right. time, it was just like, what's the, what's the point? Like right, right. male versus female, female is going to win regardless, regardless if right. she's the best mom to your child or the biggest or big druggie or whatever. But it was such a hard thing to swallow. And obviously, yes, there's more challenges in life, obviously what we're going through now, but people have got to realize the the positives in anything in life. And, and I believe just people just want to believe what's going on around them without them experience it or what they've been through or just let somebody speak their mind on it. And I feel like that's what the biggest problem is. People are getting punished for just speaking their mind. And obviously, no one knows anything. No one knows everything. Obviously, when we were doing music and I was doing wrestling, clearly we knew didn't know everything because guess what? We're not at the big leagues like what we want. I'm not in WWE, and obviously you're not on MTV or whatever. But we found other outlets to to find for us to be, you know what? We made a difference in what we did, but you know what? It's okay for us to shut the door on that chapter. It's okay for us to go, you know what? This is our new book. This is what we, this is our meaning to what we want. And obviously what we have now is what we are happy with. And we're not upset about anymore. And you know what? What we went through, whatever, it helped give us knowledge to be where we're at now. That that's true, and that's true, bro. Because you know, I went through the same thing. I've been through, I've been through divorce. I've been through having problems with, you know, with my with my daughter's uh, mom. And you know, it's just one of those things as to where, you know, when, especially when dealing with the court system, and you go and and you're not getting your way, even though you know you're a good guy, and you you you're at odds with this other person. It's one of those things that it, it can either break you or it can it's going to make you. 
And, you know, at that point, I, I, I had to let it make, make me. At, at the point, you can't, you, you had to let it make you. And it's just beautiful to be on the other end of it, bouncing back and saying, you know what? I'm still going to stand up. I'm still going to do what I have to do. I'm still going to be a good father. I'm going to do as much as I can that the court says I can do and go above and beyond if, I want, if, I, exactly. if I'm able to. And it takes a lot to take slaps in the face and not quit. But that's, that's a part of the don't quit philosophy, oh, yeah. you know? I mean, stay, stay I mean like, like how you say that, like I get my son five times out of a year. That just means, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm going to put everything I got and put every day for exactly. those five times out of the year. I'm going to mean those the best days that I could possibly do for my child because I don't, obviously I don't get them all the time. Don't always get them on Halloween, Christmas and everything else, but I'm going to put all I have into those days that I have. And obviously that's the days that your child or your daughter or whatever realizes they, that they love me, that my mom and dad or whatever, they still love me. They may not be together, but, we're, we're meaningful, you know what I mean? Like, obviously, they want to hate us for this, and that's, and I feel like that's what the biggest issue was with a lot of people on that is, like, obviously, if we're not just going to talk about a child standpoint, just anything in general, like, we get labeled so wrongly from people making bad decisions, from people right. making bad right. mistakes, and I feel like that's what causes a division, and that what causes mm. problems in the world. And obviously right. what we're going through now, and bro, you know me, like I've, everyone that I know that I've played basketball, or whatever, they're like, bro, you're a brother of us. Like, no doubt right. about yeah. it. You may be a white guy, but you, yeah. you belong yeah, with us. Right and I mean, when I tell people, you know what, what's going on in life right now sucks, it does. I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And if you don't want to talk about it, I'm totally fine with it, bro, because I know it's a touchy subject. It's been on social media nonstop. And I just mm-hmm. want to say that the biggest thing is things need to change. And I yeah, love saying yeah, yeah. and I love saying about the father issue and stuff, because mm-hmm. that's one thing that I, I would actually think is a great comparison to this, because you have someone telling you, regardless of how good of a person you are, it's still irrelevant. This is right. still not what we want. And right. obviously, our biggest issue on this is we want to prove anyone wrong. And I feel like you could, like, like a, human, a great example, a human punching bag. You can only take so many jabs. Right, right, it's just right, like right. you just shut down and you just say, the hell with everything. I'm doing it my way and I don't care what anyone right. says. And, and I feel and like... Know- and, 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 you know, just like you you saying that everything that you're seeing, you know, that's why you see all type of people protesting. You see everybody, basically. It's basically really everybody, and it's a, a generation of people saying, hey, we don't want to take this anymore. Uh, we, wanna, we don't want to deal with this type of attitude anymore because it, it's tearing everybody apart. And that's not what, yes. what we're trying to do going forward. There's so much other stuff to be fighting for. You got to fight with people at work. You got to fight with people uh, uh, about uh, when, you, when you're trying to get money to get loans and do this. It's a fight. There's always so many fights in life and for for people to have to deal with prejudices and races, uh, racism, it's one of those yeah. things where you have to say, 
hey, nobody's standing for this. So that's where that's where everybody is at. And I think it's just this time and this generation in America to where it's the obvious. You know, I think it's one of those things as to where people have been feeling tired, but now there's enough people to say, hey, nobody's going for this. So, it, you know, it's rough. It's rough because, you know, it, certain people, you know, are talking about rioting and looting and all that. But one thing about it, this is the first time I've ever seen a whole generation of people united. The whole generation, like, saying, hey, it stops here. And that that's what it's going to take for America to turn around. So it, it, it starts off rough and a lot of people feel uncomfortable. But you know what? That, that It's just going it, to – this has to happen. You know, rain has to come for things to grow on for sunshine to come out. And that's just how it goes. So, you know, I'm just happy that everybody's saying they're tired of it. And that's what it's going to take, bro, straight up. That's, I mean, that's honestly what it is. I mean, honestly, like, if you see my post on Facebook today, I mean, obviously it's about being one. And I feel like with the media and the government, just for them to get more votes, it makes me sick. And, right. and it's just like, like I say, I want you to listen to my opening when we close this episode because I don't want it to ma- mean offensive or anything. I feel like it's like in high school. Like, say, like, we have – obviously, you have the jocks, the nerds, and stuff like that. I feel like that's mm-hmm. what this has come to. Like, but right. the government and the media are being those ones that are the followers. They're going, you ain't going to hit them. You can't right. – oh, you're not going to let them say that. Like, I feel like that's what's causing this to be so much more than what it is. Um, right. Obviously, for me coming as a white person, whatever, obviously it's a hard thing to be like, you don't know what we're talking about. But clearly, right. I've seen it. I've lived around it for a while. I mean, mm-hmm. I've, mm-hmm. I've experienced it hanging out with all my friends. I mean, I remember yeah. some of my friends' uncle taking some money on my bag just because he felt hungry or something. And obviously, just because... I didn't understand that type of scenario because my family, I'm not going to lie, sheltered me to just be, just to realize the good in the world. But obviously now it's not a way to protect it anymore. It's to show, Hey, this is what needs to be done. And this needs to be fixed. And obviously with everybody's retaliation, it's, it's somebody needs to do it differently. Obviously if you're doing it to make a stand perfect, but if you're doing it to just to be ignorant and just want to just to have a, a just a reason just to go, hey, I want to destroy shit, not get in trouble, get in trouble, right. then you're doing it the wrong way. And, right. Right, right, and right. I feel like that's that's where we're on on that subject. And I and obviously I hate I hated to talk about it, but I mean obviously it needs to have some type of talk into it. And I love talking to you about it because, bro. You're the most positive person on around that I know. Like, like I how you said, that. you've been to the bottom, but you rose to the top. And bro, you are damn near on the high mountain that no one's dropping you down a slope. So I mean, <laughs> I'm still trying to get there, but hey, <laughs> hey, you, hey, you, hey, you right, you right there with me, bro. Because hey, because we fighters, you right there, right there with me. I got a long way to go, and you got a long way to go. But hey, long as we going up, you know, we still. We we still moving and that's all all that counts. We're not quitting. And you know it's it's one of those things is it's just gonna take effort. It's gonna take effort for everybody to be better. And if everybody's gonna make that effort, then we can get somewhere. And you know my thing is you know I I, I don't want to get thrown off by people looting and tell you know pe- people 
people are always going to, uh, anywhere that there's something positive going on, there's some negativity that's always going to oh, yeah. jump out. And people always have agendas and their own motives. But I think for the most part, uh, people are really unified. And, and, and this is, this is going to definitely change America. 2020 is definitely a year that's going to change America. And uh, some growth is going to come out of this. All this isn't going to happen for it to be no growth and we get no further. No, there will be some growth out of it. And, you know, our kids will benefit from it, bro. For real. Yeah. I mean, I just wish, obviously, the, all the rioting and everything, obviously. But, obviously, when you think about it, when I've actually seen posts and stuff. You, like, you don't understand. You don't understand. I get it. Yes, the kneeling, there was nothing done. Obviously, people mm-hmm. just punished the NFL and just – obviously. But my biggest point on that issue was why did they only let go of Colin Kaepernick? Why did they only punish right. him, basically? They obviously didn't punish the league because the world can't live without football. I mean, right, right, if, right. if you really want to be blunt and honest, the United States, damn near almost anyone in this United States almost talks about football. Like, right, I can tell you right. at my job right now, there's people, even on the off-season of football, are talking about football more than the sports center broadcast analysts that are repeating day-to-day everything. Right. Like, right. obviously, you see when we had the coronavirus and everything going on, the world doesn't evolve around reruns. Right, the world right, right, right. doesn't revolve around, oh, what happened back in the past, because Obviously, the only thing that's really good subject right now, since we don't have sports, is who's better, LeBron James or Michael Jordan? Like, come on, like, <laughs> that's, that's all they wanted on ESPN, bro. Like, it's on my or oh, Tom Brady's going to Tampa Bay. Oh, Gronkowski just came out of retirement. Like, pick something new. Like, I feel like <laughs> this. I don't feel like the coronavirus is a damn virus. I feel like it's just somebody to be like, you know what? We need to adapt and change what the hell is going on. And You're right. You're right. Excuse my language on this, but, I mean, it brings a lot of feeling to me because it's just like when we grew up, like, you watch sports, you idolize everything that's going on. Right. And I feel right. like, obviously, you idolize more because you just saw that what was good about the guys. Obviously, now when we get older and stuff and we see these 30 for 30s going, oh, drug bust and this and all that, but it was kept under wraps because of what they've done. And I feel like that's where we're at now, but we're punishing everyone for what they've done. And I feel like we're not giving anyone a second chance to be like, you know what, you may have done this, but we thank you for trying to be better. And I feel like that's where we're having the biggest issue with in life now is because if you've done something wrong one time, then that's it. I mean – right. If you really want to deal with a, if you really want to say like, get somebody to go to your church or something like that, this is not a guy that's gone to college to be a pastor or youth minister or anything. You mm-hmm. want somebody that you can relate to. Um, right, right. You want somebody that has went to the dumps, but from what they're preaching to you is what made them become who they are in front of you. And that's real. I believe. That's real. I mean. Those are the most of the ones that you want to relate to. Those are the ones that you that makes you realize, you know what, there's obviously something higher up than what we believe in now because now right. I have more knowledge to knowing, hey, guess what? If I do die, whatever, I do know there's a God up there. 
I do know that there's somebody that is obviously higher and better than what we are living in now. And right. I feel like we're just so opinionated to everything in life. It, it makes me sick mm. on some things, bro. Like, it, right, it's, right, right. it's sad. It really is. So, so, social media could drive you crazy, bro. Cause oh, like, it will. I mean, it does. <laughs> and I used to not even be so high on it. I used to right. really only do it just to promote my shows. And it makes me look bad right now, but no offense. Like, I used to do that to promote my shows and just make sure people would know about my character. Like, I didn't really right, care to right, know right. all this other BS and stuff. I didn't even have cable for almost three years. Like, I just had mm. internet because I don't want to hear all this stuff. Like, obviously, right. I never I never watched the news station or whatever just because they don't bring out anything that's true anymore. They only bring out mm. what's bad around. So, say, like, Nassau County and Yulee, you don't hear nothing bad about, I mean, you hear nothing about them unless something bad happens. Or obviously we get, right. well, now that Derrick Henry rose to the occasion and stuff, we only hear about him or maybe somebody that's close to him or they want to compare it to whatever. But, I mean, it's right. sad. And, I mean, obviously Man. there needs to be a change. And It definitely does. Bro, I thank you for coming on here. Anything you want to close out with? Uh, do you want to plug yeah. in your uh, your radio and everything? Oh, yeah, man. If, if, if you have the iHeartRadio app, check me out. Uh, I'm on Hallelujah 96.3 from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern time. And then in the afternoon, uh, weekdays, I'm on 103.3, which you can, you can hear in Uni, you can hear in Jacksonville, you can hear uh, all, uh, all from Southeast Georgia uh, from 2 p.m. to 7 p.m for uh, the, the work they ride out with Cali Cole. Man, I appreciate you for having me on, man. You know, I love you as a brother. Let me know what's up. I'll definitely come back on again if needed so. And uh, just holler at me, man, and keep doing good, man. God bless. Hey, man, same to you. Hey, I appreciate you doing this. I know, hey, I kind of did a heart-to-heart for a second, but, hey, we're close enough yeah. to actually have this talk. And it does need to be talked, and maybe in reality – since this is on a podcast, maybe people could actually open their eyes and realize why people are doing what they're doing, why, what's going on, what's going on, and just be like, you know what? Let's change it. And hey, that, that's what it is. That's what honestly, it is. It's a this start. episode wasn't just to be like, oh, let's talk about that type scenario. It was about, man, just yeah. catching up with you. Because obviously, I haven't talked to you in almost three years. Like, a serious right. conversation. So, I mean, it was a blast talking to you on here, bro. And I praise everything you're doing, and I don't know fully on the radio stations. Does it? Does your radio station pop up? Just like even though we're in the Jacksonville area. Yeah, 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 yeah. You should be able to hear one three three. One three three. I'm bad with memory. Yep. If you need to, just message me on it, and I'll I'll listen to you on there, brother. I hey, bro. I appreciate it, man. Anytime. All right, man. We might have to catch up one day and maybe watch some wrestling events. <laughs> hey, let's, let's do it. Hey, when they when they open the bars back up, let's do it. Hey, you got me. All right, man. 